Welcome back to the Oz Survivor Podcast. I'm Adam Ashton and I'm loving this season so far. Three episodes in and today I speak with the third eliminated contestant, the champion, Damien. Enjoyed watching Damien, seemed like an absolute legend of a bloke. And in terms of his survivor story, you'll hear a fair bit about that in this episode. He was someone who wasn't a survivor fan before starting. Obviously, he talks about how he was in the army and it was almost impossible to watch a show like Survivor where you can't really miss an episode and keep up. Uh, and he would never really watch the show, but once he found out he was on, did what he could to study up, to learn, and to work out his strategy heading into the game. I really enjoyed this chat with Damien, as I pretty much always do with his exit interviews with the surviving contestants. Uh, but Damien shared some info here that wasn't shown on the TV. I haven't listened to any other exit interviews yet, so I'm not sure how much of this he shared on other uh, interviews he's done, but we were able to talk about something that wasn't quite shown on TV. And uh, Listen to it first, and then stick around after, and I'll, I'll give a bit more info, a bit more context uh, behind what I think he was uh, referring to here. He didn't spell it out super clearly, so I'll give a, a bit more detail afterwards. Really enjoyed the chat with Damo. He's an absolute legend of a bloke. Uh, and did very well despite some obvious um, disadvantages. I don't think I could play Survivor on two legs, let alone zero. So well done to him, Aussie hero. I just want to say, mate, before we get uh, stuck too deep in, just a, a big thank you, mate, for everything you've done and, and sacrificed for Australia. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Mate, cool. bef- before the, the show, what, um, what was your, I guess, level of interest or, or knowledge of, of Survivor, if any? I didn't have a huge knowledge about the show at all. You know, I wasn't generally a reality TV type guy. You know, I kind of, I think when Big Brother was on back in the day, I was so busy working at Sukumando Regiment by the time it had taken off, I guess, as a, as a big thing. I didn't really have time to watch it. And you can't consistently watch series. So if, um, say, a series like Survival was on, you're away for three weeks where you can't, and just randomly you'll go on trips for two weeks, so you kind of miss out on big parts of TV, and that was before, you know, the the whole era with, with Foxtel and stuff like that and stuff, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting experience. So my research was sort of game theory, um, game theory, the art of strategy, a few other sort of points. I knew physically I was, was going to have to step up, but the main thing physically was being able to be tired. I was being able to be hungry and be tired. So I did my research on the show and then, yeah, decided to hit the ground running with it. YouTube, plenty of stuff. That's awesome, mate. I'm keen to dig into a bit of that game theory ideas for sure. But first of all, I guess, what was it like when you first stepped out onto the beach? It seemed like you guys were building a nice shelter. Everyone was working together nicely. When did you sort of first realize that it was about to get real and there was a, a game going on underneath the niceties? Well, I mean, uh, we we had it, and it was kind of good because me and Steve got to work together really closely on that. We both got Special Forces roving qualifications. Mm-hmm. So when it came to tying knots and tying a structure that was gonna gonna work for us, when you've got like rope and you know the the, the gear around you, we, we were always in pretty good stead, and the team were working well together as a team. Um, and then Russell Russell Hurts sort of started playing his his game. You know, he started sort of doing, I guess, starting to put that, that rift in between 
people as they were doing stuff um, or trying to create that rift, which I think to his detriment drew everyone closer together. But when he revealed about the idol, you know, it was the harmony of the team started to gradually break because you had to then go, well, if he plays the idol, we need to make sure that he's out in the first three rounds mm. or he's just too dangerous. So let's 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 work on what what would our plan B be, and then yeah we sort of sort of sat there and people are wargaming that and um and then when we had the second vote I voted uh, Jackie again for the second time I was like well I we've got to have some doubt that's got to stay in people's minds because at one stage we're going to be a tribal council again. Fantastic! I like it a lot. I don't want to. Um, I want to talk about you more than Russell, but I'm still a little bit confused about that. That first vote. There were so many names getting brought up, and I'm, I'm still not 100 percent clear on who voted for who and and why. Um, what was sort of your opinion of that very first vote with Russell? Uh, with Russell, mine was. I was pretty sure that Russell was going to play the idol. That he knew he was out of his depth. You know that he would would be sure that he hadn't had enough people across the line. So I'd spoken with some others, and we were trying to go, all right, who else is on the on the sort of list? You know, me, Matt, uh, Steve, uh, Sam at that stage, um, and I think Moana and Brian were starting to get on board of going, all right, well, we've got to... Now they, they were pretty confident that he wasn't going to play the idol. I was like, if I was Russell, I'd play the idol. I think that we should prepare for the worst, mm-hmm. which is him him playing the idol, which he which he didn't do. So we had a lot of conversations going, all right, would we, I mean, Shane performed so well on that first day, you know I mean? And then, yeah, it was, it was just one of those sort of, one of those times where when we found ourselves at um, tribal council after losing that challenge, we were kind of like, well, someone has to, we need, we need a plan B if he doesn't play the, like, that was the sort of unknown. And Russell ended up not playing the idol, which, just blew my mind, but yeah, um, yeah we uh, we sort of looked at looked at Shane, looked at Jackie as option as an option. Um, who we sort of used, and I mean, I, we knew that Jackie was gunning for me uh, at that stage. You know, we kind of knew that she was gonna she was having a hit at me. Like she started really playing the game as soon as she walked in. Mm-hmm. You know, she lied about being a a Rubik's cube pro, and I kind of <laughs> called her out on it at one stage. I was like, so there's only eight moves it takes to solve a Rubik's Cube. Um, how do you do it so far? <laughs> you know, she's had a record with, you know, with Tiny, and she's like, oh, it was really evasive. I said, because, you know, I got taught you put the white side at the top, the middle squares never move, so you really only got, you know, you've got like what? There's, uh, there's eight cubes on the top, eight on the bottom, and two in the middle, you know, so there's only 18 cubes that you've got to get in the right spot facing the right way. How do you do it so quickly? And she was kind of evasive. And I was like, I wonder whether that's just like a magician with their magic. They don't want to tell you. Yeah. Um, turns out she was a pro poker player, so she was just tooling all along. <laughs> I can do a cube in uh, about a minute, which I think is pretty quick, but nowhere near. No, I think her, she said her record was 10.41, but I think that's actually pretty slow. I think the actual record's a bit quicker than that. Um, so her record was yeah, actually slow. <laughs> I think it's like closer to yeah. six or seven. Oh, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking about like logistically how long it takes to do one move. I'm like, even if you do it quickly, like some people, <laughs> you know, can really, who can really handle cubes, can do. I'm like, 
Ten point two is still pretty quick. Like oh yeah, very. And yeah. I haven't seen like I've seen them in like competitions in Japan and stuff. Yeah, I've seen, but they have competitions about everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like I wonder when when exactly was the Australian Rubik's Cube Championship that you won at? When did that happen? Type thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mate, hopefully I want to. So, I'll have to ask her how deep her story went. Because it's, as you say, man, it's one that you can, yeah. it's, uh, it'll have to hold up to pr- some pretty intense, uh, as you say, if you're a bit sus on her, there's, it doesn't take long to work out that there's, it doesn't all add up. Well, I mean, it was kind of, uh, well, I was sus on her, but also I remember watching her, watching her walk down a beach with Russell. Like, I remember that happening when we were sitting down, we are collecting like pippy so we could all eat. And, um. We were sit, sitting down doing that, and she walked down the beach with Russell, and you could just tell by the body language that something was happening in that conversation. Hmm. You know, and I was like, I, I don't know what's happening. Russell comes back and goes, look, she's gunning for you. And that was when we all sort of started to bandy together, and I was like, okay, cool. So Russell just said that she's gunning for, for me. Um, if she is... What what do we do if Russell uses and that that but this was before he'd used the immunity idol. You know, he's like, so I'll be on an alliance with you. I said, all right, guys, well I'm going to take the bullet here. Um, he's going to think I'm easy game. So what I'll do is I'll become his best friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean? So I, said, I just started talking to him about baseball, about everything to do with where he was, where he's from. Like, uh, you know, everything that I sort of enjoy, I guess, in the, in, the, in the south over in the States, you know. Like, I've got a couple of friends from Texas I've snowboarded with. So it's kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll just start having conversations with them about stuff. And then I knew to truly buy him, I was going to have to hang one or two people out to dry. Yeah. You know, you kind of, he's got to be confident, you know, so that we get rid of him within the first two rounds or we're going to get chowed. Yeah. You know, this guy's just going to eat us. He's the best player in history, so... You know, it was one. It was one of those moments where I think the variation of whether he was going to play it or not. I don't know how anyone got the drop that he wasn't going to play it. But yeah, it kind of blew. I, I guess caught us off guard. Yeah, yeah. That cool. touch. That's a, it seems so, like. And then yeah, I think everyone was just more confused. But then anything. For sure, man. That seems pretty exciting. And mate, so obviously you um, you lost your legs in Afghanistan in in combat and. From what we saw on the TV, it seems like a lot of credit to everyone that you qu- you quickly went from you know the guy with no legs to just someone they were competing with and and eventually against. What was it like out there? I mean, it was great. Like there was there were moments you know where you, I guess you sort of question what ability you've got left when it comes to things. But I knew that I could bring specific skills. Like I threw um, I threw like a. Like, I threw baseballs a lot when I was young. Mate, you dominated that challenge. You, know, I had, um, you knocked off three. You yeah, knocked so off like one that you didn't was, even hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the thing. I hit the bar at the top of the between the two. But, like, I pitched baseball when I was young. So I just had to adjust how I threw. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like a balance thing. Um, that that one challenge where I, where I still wrestled a guy with the pad, but I think it was looked fine as it might have been bad TV. I don't know. I don't think I'm supposed to talk about that bit, but yeah. <laughs> Man, um, I've, actually, I've got that on my uh, on my on my questions here. I was gonna gonna ask, but if if we can't talk about it, maybe not. But yeah, so um, yeah, on the, the the sumo, can't, can't do too much about the stuff that was televised. But yeah, yeah. on that on that uh, challenge, I you might you might see on this show, I kind of go from being like completely dressed and not having like I'm sitting on the edge of the pontoon. That mm-hmm. wasn't by accident. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a, a moment. 
yeah, depending on whether you want to watch the, the cut or the edit. But yeah, it was um, it was interesting. I mean, it, it was a draw. I think the the hard the hard thing with that was my team didn't lose a challenge after that. You know, it seemed like it did an inspiring job for them, and then. You know, so I'd drawn that challenge. I drew uh, the soccer challenge, kicking the ball. Um, that was I a great. That, that was a great save. Challenge. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really lucky. She actually kicked it to the side that I've got a knee. If she kicked it to the other side, it would have got past me for sure. <laughs> she just picked the wrong side. Uh, I mean, I kind of waited it that way because I lent, like, I sort of set myself up so that it would give her an open, a more open side, as if it was kind of a mistake. One nice. side. Nice. So I kind of kind of led her into actually kicking that way. So I was prepared to dive before she'd actually kick the ball. It was just how far. I think it's in the most trouble if she actually kicked it straight at me. Nice. Mate, so, yeah, I'll... I mean, I was, that's, it's just shocking. Like, yeah, towards the end of the show, I was just like, like, wow. I mean, I've drawn two challenges, one an immunity idol for us, and now I'm getting kicked off because I'm a liability? Mm-hmm. I was like, my, my my mind was blown, honestly. But I like you could tell by people's body language about half hour out from us going to vote that it was me that was on the block. Yeah, I, and I I think it's just one of those things in uh, in the game of Survivor, mate. People pick an enemy, they build up that everyone needs to go for this one person. That's sort of sort of how it goes, mate. I'm keen to. I know we've only got maybe a minute left or so, but uh, I want to get some of your your basic uh, game theory ideas that you were researching going in. What sort of stuff did you want to apply to the game of Survivor? Yeah, so the sort of strategy that I was running was predominantly that the team of champions are obviously going to be a group of people who've dealt with adversity, who've dealt with difficult situations before. So it's in uh, my best interest to keep them in the game for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm doing that, slowly learn the little traits and their weaknesses, nice. be able to see where they're going to be soft, where to where they're not going to, where they can't perform, and then hopefully weight games towards the end in my favor knowing that this is a way that that person or this is so or this is something that they're strong at also what we were doing having out you get a marginal amount of time before a challenge starts so i would then go why don't we throw the game against that biggest guy mm-hmm. you know why don't we throw the game against against robbie or someone like that like why don't we throw that game put me against him so i definitely get beaten and then lobside the game so that from there we've got our stronger players against their weakers because it's just about winning the numbers. Nice. You, know, you don't want to win every... You don't need to win every single challenge. So why not throw one against one of their monsters when they get to pick it? Because they had some big dudes. Yeah. So rather than picking like even challenges, why not throw one? And that was part of the game theory that I took in. Yeah. Um, but I think people... It was kind of looked upon in a an odd way strategically they're like no well, he matches up with him he matches up with him i'm like that's the point you want lopsided matches you know mm. you want to give yourself the best chance of winning so if we have to throw one or two games to get six lopsided matches i'd happily do it for sure man that i like it i like it a lot man as you say man if you got someone who's definitely going to win and someone who's definitely going to lose you may as well pair them up rather than having two losses um for sure yeah I like, yeah I that's, like it, a lot. that's it you know i mean like and we had a guy who Steve was was really struggling with. You know, like there was a guy who Steve was had beaten him a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and like I was kind of like, well, rather than uh, Steve going up against that guy again, he's strong, he's fit, he's got everything. Except that guy seems to have him 
a little bit outmatched at the moment, but that guy looked like he was going to get tired a lot quicker than Steve would. Like yes. physically, his body would just, you know, his muscle, his muscle mass would just wear him out. So I was like, why not put me up against that guy? Get Steve, get Steve on one of the other fellas so that we know that he's got a definite victory, and then work from there. And um, that theory wasn't very well uh, received. I think by the team, they were like, no, we're not throwing anything. We're going to go in and we'll be fine. I'm like, okay, right, well, yeah. tried. Fantastic, man. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Pretty, man much, uh, pretty much all you can do. Fantastic, man. Appreciate it. I liked uh, getting a bit of an insight into some of the things we didn't get to to see, uh, and you know some of those ideas around strategy and game theory. So that's uh, that's awesome, man. And uh, shame you didn't didn't uh, make it further in the third boot out, but it was a it was a great to watch you, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Enjoy. Cheers, brother. See ya. So that was my interview with Damien, the third eliminated contestant from Australian Survivor Champions versus Contenders. I enjoyed the chat with Damien. You know, for a guy who hadn't watched Survivor, he did pretty well to read people and to play the game, I think. He said that, I must admit, watching the show, I thought he and Russell were pretty tight and I thought Russell had done a number on him. But Damien said that he felt like he was playing Russell a bit too, keeping him on side and making Russell feel a bit safe with a with a safe number. Now, it was about 11 and a half minutes in there where Damien said something that wasn't shown on TV. Uh, I almost made the mistake of almost cutting him off the first time. I, I didn't want to get either of us in trouble. Um, but then I the second time, I gave him a bit more space to talk. And he said that he actually did the challenge. So this is the sumos at sea challenge. You know, the wooden plank out in the middle of the ocean, you know, each participant has a pad or a bag. Uh, you've got to knock the other one off. So we didn't see Damien compete on the episode. But Damien just said now that he did actually compete. And he said he went up against one of the guys. So I think we can probably work out who actually. So Matt was gone. We saw Stevie get taken down by Russell. We saw Heath go against Brian. We saw Maddie evade Robbie and beat him. And then we saw Zach beat the commando, which just leaves Benji. So from my deduction, I think Benji went up against Damien. And Damien said that if you watch the episode, he starts the challenge fully clothed with his legs on and he finishes the challenge with no clothes and no legs on. Um, and so he said that he did compete and it was actually called a draw. So they... I, I don't know, I guess they wrestled it out and neither one could get the other one off and they ended up calling it a draw. And Damien said he wasn't sure, maybe it looked like um, bad TV, which is why they, they chose to cut it out. As I said, something I probably wouldn't have mentioned, but Damien brought it up. I'm not sure if he's spoke about it on other interviews. I'm keen to have a listen to those to see what else he talked about because I think it was a, an interesting take to see what you know they do and don't show and, and why or why not. So that was my interview with Damien. Hope you enjoyed. Let's get stuck into the <laughs> the next three installments of this marathon week of Survivor. Oh, and a quick uh, factual correction. My OCD kicking in here. Uh, I actually checked. The world speed cube record is 4.69 seconds to complete a 3x3 Rubik's Cube. Uh, so that's pretty, pretty fast. <laughs>